March 2018. March 2nd, 2018. Ugh, so hard to see my Facebook memories these days. Hashtag suicide sucks. Hashtag mental health awareness. March 3rd, 2018. I feel suspended in time. Without the past, good times and family memories darkened by an unnecessary act equals death. Without the present, I've lost entire days, weeks, and now months while my body deals with the shock. I've lost my grounding in so much, the things I've loved or even things I thought I understood. The immensity is this truth leaves me very stuck in time. In some ways, I don't want to move forward. And without the future, like introducing his wife into our family, the accomplishments we could have celebrated, knowing what he would be as his adult self, the joy of holding Logan's babies and passing some of who we are into another generation, probably the one that stings the most for me right now. But I know who holds the future and so thankful for the hope. I need that hope. And if you're not a believer, you might think it's just a cushion, some made up comfort to get me by. And I would tell you, you can call it what you want. This comfort is saving my life molding me and making me a better version of me to come. Hashtag suicide awareness. Hashtag hope. March 6th, 2018. I don't agree with the statement, God only gives you what you can handle. I think God wants us to draw close to him and use him to get through rough times. If he gave us what we can handle, we wouldn't need him to carry us. I know when times are good, I am still leaning and thanking, but when times are bad, he is so much more involved in my constant thoughts and doings. Hashtag God is good all the time. Hashtag suicide awareness. March 8th, 2018. Do you wonder what it means when people say their lives have been changed by Jesus? It can mean a million things. For example, do you have anger? Get angry a lot? Anger is a reaction to feeling threatened. It's a normal emotion, but can you imagine not getting angry so much? For starters, Jesus protects us, and when you know you have that protection consistently, it gives you so much more peace about every situation. What does protection mean? When you know he holds everything in his hands, when you know we win against Satan, this situation is so temporary and great life in heaven is eternal. He teaches us to love and models turning every situation into good. When he is a part of your thoughts, your day, you are way more prone to look at things differently. In a, how can I help this situation become positive? How can I make it a loving situation? Can I see things from another perspective? I'm not saying your life suddenly becomes anger-free. But it sure starts to lean that way, and practice makes all things better. You might say, I can do all these things without Jesus. Can you? Are you so great that you can do everything yourself? Or should you lean on something that is much more powerful than you? Something that created you and knows you better than anyone? If you're troubled by the science of God, there is plenty out there. I love learning about it and it only strengthens my faith. Let's talk about grief. Here are just a few Jesus things that have helped me. 
I have a huge community of believers praying for me. Who doesn't want friends coming together and using precious time, spiritual thoughts on their behalf, my family's behalf? Not going to lie, it feels good. Then there is the peace that passes understanding. Have you ever prayed for that? Have you thought about what those words actually mean? I have many, many moments in my day and have from the beginning where I can't explain why I'm not crying, why I'm not curled up in a ball, why I can smile and say thank you to the grocer who asked me how I was doing a few seconds before and I wanted to scream at them. How when I question why me, I don't break down just thinking about that question. How I answer it with, what do you want me to do with these feelings? How I am comforted that each month will get better and know, really know and believe that it will get better. It's all peace I can't explain other than it comes from Jesus. I can't understand how I could be feeling this way. The worst thing that could ever happen just did. My beautiful blonde baby is not here and I will never be able to hold him. How can I even sit in the same house typing this and not cry all day long that he will not come up and say, Hey mom, it doesn't make sense until I bring it back to, Oh yeah, I've prayed for that peace to move forward, to be thankful, grateful, and not dwell on things I can't change. I've prayed for that peace. And then there is that hope. That hope in things will get better. Yes, this was in the peace paragraph too. That hope that this will be used for good. That hope that each of you will see something in my testimony that when you're in a dark place, you will reach out to Jesus for a new beginning. Or that you'll reach out to me and ask me questions. Ask me how, what, why. Love each and every one of you. March 9th, 2018. Completing this task totally caught me off guard. Yep, I had to fill out your taxes. It was so freaking hard checking that box that you are deceased. I still don't even know what that means. Logan Borman, I miss you. Last year, I made you watch me fill this out so you would know what the process was like. I would give anything for you to be annoyed watching me do it again or helping as you attempted it by yourself this year. I would have never imagined you would not be here, that you would never, ever be a tax-paying citizen again. Hashtag miss him so much. Hashtag suicide awareness. March 9th, 2018. Triggers. Survivors are said to have triggers that can hit at any time. I thought I had become really good at hiding my reaction to them in the past couple weeks, for the most part in public, until today. The first one was a shared reading from a friend. The short story was all too similar to mine, and I should have never been looking at my phone in the parking lot before I stepped into Starbucks for my quick trip to get my coffee and puppuccinos. I could only read about half of the picture clips, and even after a few moments, the tears came when I stepped inside and I was asked, how are you? I was so frustrated. Why couldn't I control this one? The next one was in the cereal aisle. Can you believe I opened this book tonight and these words were on the first page? This, her example happened to me. 
What does this mean? Anything? On my quick trip to the grocery store, I turned to the cereal aisle and saw General Mills cereal. Right there, sale price tags glaring at me. Logan loved their cereal, particularly Lucky Charms, and I would stock up on the garage shelves when they were on sale because it was something even his picky adult self would eat. I wanted to be okay with the pool of tears, but I just didn't want people thinking, what is wrong with her? What happened? I don't want them to ask because I don't want to talk about it. I'm fine talking about it with people that care about me, but random people? But then what if that's a chance to tell his story and help someone? I just don't have the energy right now. Camp. I thought I was excited to drop Amaya off at her first winter church camp for the weekend. Guess not. I was singing along with her in the car to the greatest showman soundtrack when it hit me. I know I've said it before, but camp was something Logan really loved. Memories came flooding. OMG, I'm using that word just like the books talk about. My emotions overwhelmed me. My aunt, volunteering, was at check-in. Despite cleaning myself up for the entrance, she intuitively knew this was hard. She gave me a big hug and said it was okay, okay to cry, and reminded me it didn't mean I was weak. I thank God for using her to remind me of that. The tears flowed and my waves crashed even more as I drove home. But I knew it was okay. Okay for the public to see me grieving. It doesn't mean I'm weak, just that I really miss someone I loved so much. I feel bad Amaya had to start her weekend being reminded her mom is actively hurting so much. But that is just how it is right now. I hope it helps to show her it's okay for her too. I always take pictures. I didn't today. Thankfully, her cabin leader sent me some. March 10th, 2018. My husband is a six-foot-tall, healthy-built, and well, by all reasonable definitions, the epitome of a manly man. As expected, I've never seen him so torn up. But not as expected is how torn up he is. I know because I see it. You say you can't imagine. I say, while I had never tried to, if I had it, wouldn't have looked like this. Even if I tried, I honestly never could imagine the depth of how the death of our son has affected him. The man I have only ever seen cry maybe five to seven times in our entire marriage of 27 years. Usually so emotionally controlled like the stereotype, now I am witness to his breakdowns nearly every day, sometimes multiple times a day. Unlike what most anticipated, he is not using strategies of avoidance and minimization. He tells me that Logan's birth was one of the happiest, fulfilling days of his life. And now December 15, 2017, is definitely the worst day of his life. The suffering is so evident. I see it in his eyes as he attempts little by little to keep going. But unlike me, he's a man of few words. While I know he's truly a softy, he has never been filled with too many emotions and rarely has verbalized them. His dad, like so many do, told him not to cry, and so he has lived much of his life inside. Like so many men, he was discouraged from expressing vulnerability and encouraged to accept pain without complaint. 
He recently sent me this picture. No words were needed. It is of his work desk, and it told of frequent stares filled with what-ifs and despair. While it's surrounded by the many accomplishments of his time as a deputy and pictures of happiness, the rock with Logan's name written in handwriting predominantly stands out. I don't remember now the message during that church service, if we were talking about the symbolism of rocks and building your life upon this firm foundation, but the idea was to label this rock with someone or something you wanted to passionately pray for and place it somewhere you'd be nudged frequently to implement that commitment. While its presence has always been obvious, now it's a striking reminder of what obtrudes every inch of his life. If pictures can speak a thousand words, this one speaks a thousand emotions as well. And while most men like to push grief back into those dark corners, based on what I've witnessed in the past months, I'm betting and proud that he will leave it precisely in the location it is in this picture. Hashtag suicide sucks. Hashtag mental health awareness. Hashtag depression. Hashtag miss him so much. Hashtag what ifs. Hashtag proud my man grieves openly. March 13th, 2018. My aunt recently came back from a mission trip from a third world country. When I asked her how it went, she smiled like she always does after these journeys and said, amazing, because not only did we give them dignity, we saw hope in their smiles. We engaged in a conversation that resulted in me comparing and analyzing grief, where nearly all of my thoughts still reside. You know how sometimes you are aware of something, but you have an aha moment where you actually come to a realization of it? Well, we examined what that actually meant for these people to have hope alone and how just a small amount can change their lives so much. You can live without food for approximately 21 days while only seven without water. But what if you don't have hope for either one of those? It's likely less. And what if you don't have hope that anyone cares? I'm not going to get all sciency and look up stats on this. And I'm sure there is a plethora of information out there, and it's widely known in the psychology world, but it makes so much sense to me that without hope, all things perish. I'm sure there are so many stories where people survived a shipwreck or being lost in the desert because, well, mainly because they hoped they would be found. And there are probably just as many people who gave up because they saw no hope in sight and therefore perished some only to be found, and if they would have just hung on a bit longer, it would have been in an alive state. Anything you strive for, you have to have some sort of a belief it can be done, or you wouldn't be doing it. It's got to be the earliest and most needed state of being. If life is to be sustained, you have to have hope. It's true that it was the ultimate killer of my son. Logan gave up on having any hope left, as he boldly stated in his letters, I'm sorry, my hope has run out. I have found myself conveying many times, I don't know how people do this grief thing without hope. For me, it's a hope to what is to come, focusing my perspective as an eternal one. And I think the answer to my question is that they don't. 
They might live for a while, but they don't survive. They are the ones that end up in severe depression, addicted to whatever substance, withdrawing from life, and doing anything but living. Because once you give up on hope, you don't see things can be different, better, or even that the sun will shine in the morning. Hope is created moment by moment through our deliberate choices. So my friend, what are you struggling with? And how can you add just a little bit more hope to that? Talk to others about where they find their hope. I'm happy to share mine with you. Can you slide just a little bit to the hope side? Whether it be for a new job, that you can make it through this grief thing, that you will escape the depression you're in, that there is a reason you're here, that your kids will come around again, that you can ever move on from your divorce, that you will ever feel good again, or even that there is someone out there like a creator that loves you. Have just a little more hope and you'll be surprised at how much things can change. It might save your life. Hashtag suicide awareness. Hashtag mental health awareness. Hashtag hope. March 15th, 2018. What I learned from last night. Hashtags compliments of Bon Jovi songs. This shirt, this song, it's always been one of my favorites from my favorite band, but it has a totally new meaning to me now. Hashtag living on a prayer. Hashtag it's my life. It makes some people look better. I miss him brown. At 57, he is certainly getting older. That doesn't mean I want to see older, feel older. I respect that he is himself, but I'm not going to lie. I don't like comparing me and my band to all the older people in my life and the Rolling Stones. And when I see older pics of him, it brings me back. I want that back. Hashtag just older. I still have the best friends. Leanne, everything you did to make last night happen, thank you. Wendy, you're a champ. Living on four hours of sleep the night before, not feeling well, still hanging with us most of the day into the morning, you rocked it. Yes, pun intended. You had fun, like lots of fun, despite your circumstances. Doesn't everyone want those kinds of friends? Sure makes me a better person. Hashtag thank you for loving me. I can still have a good time. Yes. I can't tell you how many times I wanted to go to that place. In the middle of songs, I wanted to feel guilty. I wanted to go down that path of feeling sorry for myself. I wanted to stop bouncing in my tracks and just fall to the floor. I may have even thought things like, I wonder if anyone has recently lost a child to suicide in here. I may be the only one of these thousands. If there is someone, are they thinking about me? Are they a little lost in their pain too? And instead of focusing on the concert, trying to figure out that statistic number in here, how many of us mama survivors are out there? But that's not fair. Just because I've lost a son doesn't take away there are other kinds of suicide survivors. Sometimes I want to make this about me. Totally not fair. Especially because, as I look around... My two friends next to me both lost a dad and a husband to those awful circumstances. Yes, it's been some time for them, but they were having fun, and I couldn't ruin that for them and just continue to be lost in my pain. And why would I want that for me? 
Sometimes you fake it till you make it. I chose to not go beyond those initial thoughts. I kept jumping, kept singing, and pretty quickly it became real. I was having a good time. I found myself going back to the places I always think about with each particular song, and I got lost in many moments. When my thoughts caught me off guard again, and they did multiple times, I just faked it again, and soon it became real again. I suppose this might be a game I play for a while, but I'm choosing to work hard at this game so that I win. I do like to win. Hashtag, welcome to wherever you are. And I was even able to smile, thinking about how I had brainwashed Logan into loving this band. How at age nine, I have a video of him saying they were his favorite group. I thought about how he may have actually come with me this time. But it didn't make me cry. It made me smirk and say, yeah, probably not. Maybe to a concert, probably with friends, but not his mom. But that's okay. I'm glad he had friends. Hashtag, when we were us. March 18th, 2018. What prepared me for this journey? Nothing and everything. Nothing prepared me for the physical symptoms I would feel. Just one of them. You know that saying, it took my breath away? I've heard it in stories, movies, and on TV. But I thought it was just a metaphor. Nope, definitely not. I can tell you it's a literal thing. Many times I have felt myself hyperventilating or breathing heavily because I feel like I'm suffocating and need more air. I felt this for the longest period, in fact, all hours the day of the service. Getting ready was so surreal, and I felt like I was shaky and out of breath the entire day. Everything. I turned to everything I had acquired in my short 45 years. My family, my faith, my friends, my experiences. An experience that would change my life was when a friend lost a child to suicide two years ago. Instead of being one of those that said, I can't imagine what you're going through, I tried to imagine. Maybe because I had kids her kids' age. Maybe because our kids knew each other growing up. Or maybe because as a mom, I just grieved for her. All I ever wanted to be was a mom. And I imagined she felt the same. I somehow felt, if I could imagine... It would take some of the pain away from her. I know many grieved with her, but somehow I felt like it was different with me. I attended the funeral. I thought about her constantly, not just for days, but for months. And even as the second year came around, when everyone had moved forward in their lives, I still reached out. We met for coffee many times. I tried to find that perfect book to get her through this tragedy. I prayed with her. I cried with her. But never, ever did I think that I would be able to tell her my advice. Well, now it's from a club perspective. Because we all know it means so much more when you are a member. This experience. Was I prepared to face something so similar? To be forced to use my words directed at myself? November was my birthday month. I was shopping when this doorway print caught my attention. There were so many things I loved in that store, but my eyes kept rolling back to this one. Mom, have you bought all of my birthday gifts? I really love this, as I sent her a picture of it. Since that day, it hangs in my door, and I see it daily. 
preparing me, reminding me that it will get better. Two days before Logan ended his precious life, I was at the gift shop at my work. I don't read much, but I was particularly drawn to this bookmark. It says, Thankful. I hesitated using my work card for such a small purchase, but I really loved it, and I'm trying not to buy things I like anymore, only things I love. Preparing me for the many books I would begin to read on depression and suicide? I had begun redecorating recently, which included painting my walls the gray everyone loves now. The picture that hung on the basement stairwell wall wouldn't match. Savannah and I picked out a new one, and I made into a canvas, recently also purchasing this thankful sign, being visible for all who walked in to see. It was like being stabbed in the gut when it arrived on the exact day my family was shattered, December 15th. What was this about? That week I kept coming back to that picture, and it's the one we chose to blow up for Logan's service, my favorite of him. Preparing me to be reminded, to be thankful for family? We existed, maybe only physically, the day the police knocked on our door in our living room with a newly purchased sectional. Previously, we would not have had the seating to accommodate all that visited. Was that more preparing? But at some point, hours later in the day, and I'm not even sure which family member it was, someone noticed this ornament Logan had made at the exact center of the Christmas tree facing all of us. Turning it over, we discovered the date, December 15th. Glenn cried as he spoke about how many times he had glued that puzzle ornament back together. Now he would have to glue his family back together. Was this reminding us Logan would be at the center of our thoughts this entire next year, at least every Christmas, maybe forever? I think it was preparing us to be reminded that Logan is hanging onto the tree of life, the greatest hope that exists. Hashtag thankful. Hashtag grateful. Hashtag suicide awareness. Hashtag suicide sucks. Hashtag hope. March 21st, 2018. I've been waiting to dream about you, Logan. I didn't want a bad dream, but wondered if I could find clarity on anything. Mainly, I just wanted to see and experience you again. I vividly remember so much about this first dream. I was in the kitchen at Grandma Ruth's house. Close to the hallway, I peeked around the corner, sensing someone was there. You caught my eye, but took a slight step back, as if you wished I hadn't seen you. Exhilarated, I immediately ran and hugged every part of you I could, as tight as was possible. With so much emotion, I told you I loved you so much. I could feel your thin body, and it was just like it had always been. I could overlap my arms, despite me being fairly small myself. But I also remember having the feeling of getting lost in your arms, because you're so much taller than I am. Once you realized I had clearly seen you, you became really happy and were smiling. You then, with me still hanging on and embracing you, walked me to the living room where we landed in a recliner. Atypical, we were in reverse order with me in your lap. I had an overwhelming sense of excitement and joy flooding through every part of my being. You were smiling, and I could feel your happiness. You then spoke, I just needed to go for a bit. With this statement, I reached for your head, 
placing my hands just below your ears to feel the holes you had placed through them. They appeared healed, but I could feel the scars, like a thick patch that had smoothed out a bit. The same familiar touch I had experienced while you were in the casket. You then reached down and aligned your fingers in the same position, searching for my bullet holes. It was at this point my thoughts drifted between consciousness and this alternative state. I began thinking, this is not real. This all can't be happening and can't be true. Like I was arguing with my conscious self, emotionally I cried out as if I was pleading, I'm going to wake up and this won't be real. I was scared, sad and angry, and then abruptly I woke. As if I was still in the dream, I continued to feel extremely sensitive, vulnerable, and the tears released soaking my pillow. Somehow I had known I was right, and with a thud, the actuality of the day before me, and Logan not being in it, had presented itself all too quickly. Shortly after this dream, I met with my counselor. Knowing we are all just sort of guessing, her interpretations of my dream made a lot of sense and gave me some peace. She analyzed Logan not wanting to see me was his sense of guilt and embarrassment, but realizing how much I still was happy to see him gave him peace, and he was able to reciprocate the feelings. He took me to a place of privacy and comfort, the recliner, and then he let me know he would only be gone for a bit. We would meet again. Reaching for his head, I found his wounds healed. He is pain-free. Reaching for mine was him showing concern for the healing of my head. Even though this was incredibly emotional, I can't wait for the next one. Hashtag suicide awareness. Hashtag mental health awareness. Hashtag miss him so much. March 25th, 2018. Headed to beautiful Mexico. Well, Juarez that is. I think they at least have really cute chihuahuas there. So some of you may remember Logan loved going on these mission trips over spring break and helping people by building a house in a week. We directed the memorial funds to this trip. And as time went on, thought it would be a great opportunity to go this year and honor him. Over 80 people are going and we will be building four houses. So happy so many of my family could go. Please pray for our safety, health, and that God could use us in amazing ways. Hashtag here we go. Hashtag mission trip. With Jim Anders, Becky Korf Grant, Katie Anders, Savannah Borman, Colin Grant, Eli Grant, and Aspen Ray Wolfgang. March 26, 2018. I received a phone call from the charged nurse at work the other night. I'm not sure if I didn't want to hear what she was saying, or the entire situation was so unbelievable that I wasn't the only one that couldn't communicate clearly. It took me a few more questions to clarify the urgency and trauma of what was going on. A co-worker's daughter had tried to hang herself. This child was 13. She, Heather, had just arrived at work, only to get the call that Haley was on her way in ambulance transport, and she wanted me to come be a comfort. She worked nights, and I don't know her super well, but she had been reading my posts. While I'm usually very calm in stressful situations, my head was spinning so greatly, 
I couldn't even think of who Heather was. Of course I will go. But embarrassed, I texted another coworker for help after not finding her on Facebook. And thankfully, she sent me a picture. Yes, I know Heather. We had hit it off in a few brief conversations, and I really liked her. Wait, back to reality. She wants me to come witness sobbing? Potential death? Rip any scabs right open to bleeding? I don't even know how to comfort myself. How will I comfort them? And 13 years old? This is inconceivable. I left and prayed for God to calm me, use me, and help me to understand why. And God gave me everything I needed that night, not my strength, but his. I was rerouted as they needed to transport Haley to the local children's hospital because she was requiring much more than our hospital could provide. Her heart was beating despite her efforts to make it stop, but she was not responding, and they wanted to do further testing and see what time would tell. But we knew it wasn't good. I got there before everyone, so just sat in the waiting area. As people, strangers to me, arrived, I was somewhat hidden in the agony of their hugs and confusion. I wondered how many would notice and think I was another guest, just waiting to chat with a friend. Soon I began to recognize the faces she had described, and not having a clue what I would say, just began reaching out, paying particular attention to the kids, the siblings. What does one say to a ten-year-old that has just seen the most horrific thing of his life? This experience will surely affect and haunt him all of his days to come. What important words does he need to hear? I told him in one sentence how I knew them and why I was there. Grief was my new best friend that went everywhere with me. I knew what that was like, but all words escaped me. Shouldn't I know what to say? Come on, Lori. What would you have wanted someone to say to you? How do you not have these answers? Fairly quickly, Heather arrived, and she spotted me right away, and we had a hug I yearned for, someone that knew my pain. I had peace in that moment that I could do this. I didn't need to say much. I just needed to be present, to be a representative of hope, and that they aren't already in isolation. I don't know if everyone has had such similar experiences, but my life is constantly witnessing and have encounters of it's a small world after all, and this night was no different. The nurse that was taking care of Haley, it was her husband that was the deputy first on scene. Really? And the doctor here tonight advising on end-of-life decisions? Well, he was the same doctor that assisted in the beginning of life care to one of her babies in the NICU many, many years ago. Really? The hospital chaplain came in, after explaining I wasn't family and only there for support, I listened to his words intently. My daddy did this very job for years. How did I not ever recognize the difficulties of his job before now? Really? Then some guys from the county police department arrived. I texted Glenn, inquiring why his co-workers would be there. Apparently, when they are dispatched to situations like this, they follow up and offer support. Then it happened. The sergeant asked for my name and association to the obvious. Being my last name isn't a common one, he immediately embraced me. I am so, so sorry. I was at your son's memorial service. 
I pray for Glenn and your family all the time. Really? Until now, I had remained stoic in emotion, but my insides were now shredding, and I'm sure it displayed on the outside, if only for a moment. All I can tell you is that my mind these days just goes in constant circles. Something like, is this my life? What is this guy talking about? A memorial service for my son? Am I really living this? Is Logan really dead? What am I supposed to be thinking? How am I supposed to be acting? What should I be doing? Okay, Lori, back to the present. How can I help Heather right now? Her babies that witnessed this awful event. It's now midnight. I'm not tired. Will they want me to go see Haley in that room? Will I want to? Do I wish Logan would have made it this far so that I could hold his hand while it was still warm? Would I want to be faced with these awful decisions Heather is now faced with? Look at that pregnant sister. She better cherish every day with her child. Now this sergeant guy is only thinking about my dead son. Is he focusing on Heather's family or the awkwardness of me being there? And I'm thinking about his alive children he just told me about. How is this affecting the nurse inside those doors? And the volunteer? Will she go home and hug her grandchildren a little tighter? Why am I still here? Should I offer to leave now? Is this really my life? Back to the call earlier. Why didn't I understand the charged nurse's explanation of the situation? And what posts of mine was Heather reading that she thought I could be a comfort? It became late into the early morning and most of the family had left as little changes were being made. The oldest daughter, still living at home, needed to get some sleep, but also had a dog left behind at the house. The house where she had bravely called 911 and followed their directions in doing everything possible to resuscitate her sister. I have constant memories of looking out the window to see the police cars across the street after they rang the doorbell. What will hers be? I remembered that there were many times, especially early on, that I literally couldn't make a decision. I needed people to just tell me what to do. So I told her she should leave, that I would go with her to the house, get the dog, and she could spend the night with me. And that's what happened. She wanted to have her car, so I followed her, and as I exited onto the highway, from her house to mine, instead of praying, which I often use my car for, I turned up the radio. Control by 10th Avenue North was just starting its opening verse. A song I had held close in my thought, wanderings as to God's plan on how the heck he's going to make my tragic experience into a good one. God, you don't need me, but somehow you want me. I give you control. I've had plans shattered and broken, things I have hope in. You have plans to redeem and restore me. Really? This song comes on now? Thank you, God, for reminding me I just need to follow your prompting. I tucked Chloe and her beloved best friend in with a prayer and left her to attempt some sleep, and I as well. As dawn arose, the text I had dreaded came in. Lori, she's gone. I was privileged to hold Chloe during those intimate first moments. She may have still been considering me a stranger, but I didn't feel that way, and certainly we were both comforted by our furry friends 
allowing us to engulf them with our sorrows. I was so familiar with all those feelings and emotions she was experiencing. Nothing one could prepare for, except to maybe have been just through it. And now it is me realizing nothing needs to be said. Just be there and know. My calendar is on my phone these days, and instead of adding new birthdays, I now have to address death anniversaries of those that are in the club. Please, Lord, control. Allow me to witness and help others be redeemed and restored, as you are doing in me. Hashtag suicide sucks. Hashtag suicide awareness. Hashtag mental health awareness. March 28, 2018. The foundation on the home in Mexico is up, and so are the walls. March 30th, 2018. We dedicate these homes, and I included pictures of Logan and his driver's license. It is finished. Hashtag your hands, your feet.